0: hello everybody welcome back to the roadie on the horn podcast today is friday august 12th at time of recording i'm back with my great friend Donnie, my awesome co-host. I mean, we got another fun episode here in the middle of August for you guys, going over some news and notes in the sports world over the past week. So with that, I will welcome you, man. Donnie, how you doing today, man?
1: I'm good. You know, probably just, um. I think we're kind of just like vibing today. There's not a whole lot going on in sports, but there's enough for us to talk about, obviously. Like, we could sit here for 45 minutes and talk about nothing. Um, So I'm just glad to be here, obviously. RK in yet another another setting. Um, you know, I setting that has happened before, however, you know, it works for me. We're, we're rotating again.
0: Yeah, at this exact moment, I'm back home in Illinois where I grew up. But I've been moving around this week, moving down to upstate New York to work with Colgate University. We'll talk about our jobs at the end of the podcast, Donnie. But we will get into sports here to start off. We'll start off with your New York Rangers, Donnie, making some big news over the last week. They name a captain of their team, and it's Jacob Truba one of their defensemen so i think there are a couple different options that the rangers could have had there we saw a funny video from artemi panarin talking about how he thought he would be a better choice for the captain uh all in a, a sarcastic funny manner but uh they end up going with jacob truba as the captain and they name him officially so what was kind of your reaction to that move for the rangers
1: honestly it like doesn't phase me at all at this point because they had six assistants last year so it was like the captain scene really doesn't feel like it matters very much. Like it feels like they probably had captains behind the scenes. I'm thinking trubo was probably, um, you know, very, uh, a very loud name in the locker room, a guy that was always there. And then obviously people were saying, you know, after the playoffs when they were struggling, they had a, a closed meeting because Trubo decided, Hey, you know, I'm taking over. I'm, uh, I'm the captain now. Uh, and, you know, he is the captain now, actually. Uh, it's interesting. I thought, you know, Chris Kreider might've been the, the better choice, given the fact that he's been playing games for the Rangers for, for the better part, maybe a decade at this point, I couldn't tell you exactly how long uh, when his first game was, because it seemed like he, uh you know, obviously we were talking about how he was a rookie for like seven years. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. I don't, I don't mind Jacob Trubin being the captain. I think the captaincy is like, it's more of just like a first show type of deal. Obviously, if you have somebody that's loud and, and, you know, a good, um, you know, positive person in the locker room, I think that's pretty much all you're looking for. And it's not like Jacob Trubin is a bad player. So I guess it makes sense.
0: Yeah, I think, like, overall, looking at the different sports, I feel like hockey, like, leadership is kind of, like, the most important in terms of, like, the team structure uh, compared to, you know, basketball and football and baseball, for example. So always kind of an interesting note when, uh, you know, teams name their new captain, uh, and obviously the Rangers go with Truba there. So, yeah, I thought that was kind of an interesting one, like you said, uh, with a guy like Kreider specifically, a guy who had a little bit more term, you know, coming off a really strong season, but not necessarily is your captain always have to be, you know, your best player. You know, a lot of times we do see it with guys like, you know, Alex Ovechkin, Connor McDavid, but um, you know, a lot of times more it's about kind of just the feel in the locker room and Trouba as a veteran guy. I think that makes a lot of sense to, to go with that direction. And um, you know, we'll see how that, that turns out for the Rangers in uh, the next couple of years, but I thought that was kind of an interesting one uh, to bring up. And then the other kind of big notable news out of the NHL off season over the last week is we had a contract signed for Jonathan Huberto. So we touched on the big trade this off season involving Matthew Kachuk going from the Calgary flames to the Florida Panthers, in exchange for Jonathan Huberdeau, Mackenzie Weger, a first-round pick, and also a prospect. So I think that it was a big deal that Huberdeau ended up signing this contract because initially he only had one year left before he would become a free agent. The Flames end up locking him up, eight-year deal, eight-year extension for $10.5 million per year so definitely a big contract for Huberdeau. he will be making you know 10.5 million um you know for for the next eight years after this year so for a guy 29 years old they're definitely banking on some really strong production out of him over the next couple uh, i know they also have elias Lindholm right now on a, on a pretty good value contract so maybe trying to take advantage of that while they still have Huberdeau at one more year at 5.9 million as well so flames obviously a big storyline this offseason you know they lose guys like johnny goudreau and matthew kachuk who are so great for them last year especially in the regular season but um you know big moves for them and and the huberdo contract is kind of right up there with them what did you kind of make of this contract for huberdo with the flames
1: yeah it, it seems like obviously i'm not going to call it a blessing in disguise because obviously losing matthew Gachuk and johnny gudrow is not a blessing in, in the slightest however they definitely have some cap flexibility now they've, they've opened up possibilities to where this is a Calgary flames team that if you had looked last year, middle of the year, you think at all, like this is the same core that they're going to be working with for a long time, probably not a whole lot of, you know, finesse to work with. And now they've opened up enough capsules where they can sign Huberto to the contract that they were probably offering Johnny Goudreau or something along those lines. Um, there's no like confirmation there, but obviously Jonathan Huberto is a good player. He's going to be signed until he's 38. So he better be a good player for the entirety of the contract. Um, I don't know. I'm not really like surprised by it. I also think long-term like they've got guys like Milan Lucic and Sean Monaghan's contract come off the board. Um, I think this year, I think they're both expiring. So that definitely helps in the whole situation. And obviously you'd think they're going to try to keep Mackenzie Weger as well, given the, the whole, like, you know, I think Milan Lucic is probably still making five or $6 million this year. And I know Sean Monaghan's making over 6 million this year. So if you're opening up that cash, why wouldn't you spend it on Jonathan Huberto, who maybe at one point felt like, oh, this is the last option. Like we have to do this. We have to keep him. But now long-term it looks like, you know, maybe they've got some flexibility to where they can do a little bit more to, to shape their core into a continually winning team, which is something the flames, you know, they've had issues at really stringing together these years where they're consistently good. So
0: yeah, I agree with that. Looking to build off of last year, which was really strong for him before they got knocked out by the Oilers. But you said at Lucic one more year at five point two million dollars. Uh, I brought up the Lindholm contract a little bit earlier, two more years at four point eight. So I think that's one of the kind of better value deals, um, you know, around the NHL. If they can capitalize on Lindholm, always still a number one center making less than five million for the next two years, you know, they may see a little bit of an opportunity with that being a window. You mentioned Monahan as well, twenty-seven years old, but right now on injured reserve. Uh, we're not too sure. Um, you know, kind of what that status is, how much he'll play this year, but yeah, he has one more year left at six point three million. So you know, a lot up in the air in terms of will he be on LTIR? Can they use that six point three million to go sign another player? Is Monahan going to be in the lineup for him? Is it even a guy they want to re-sign long term after next year? So lots of question marks there. And then yeah, the last player you mentioned in that Mackenzie Weger the other guy they added, he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of this year, twenty twenty three. So we'll have to see if they look to sign him long term. And um, you know, if they do, I. feel like that would really kind of give them a big edge in that Matthew Kachuk deal that was kind of the big caveat in that deal also adding a first round pick that well you get two really good players in Huberto and Uyghur but you need to sign them so Huberto is already locked up we'll see if they can keep Uyghur around long term as well so lots going on with the Flames uh you know I don't think the Pacific Division is you know the strongest in the NHL still so I think there's still an opportunity for them to you know kind of establish themselves as kind of a playoff regular um, over the next few years. And we'll see if they're able to do that. Um, You know, I think kind of a big question for me with them is, is in net with goaltending. I think Mark Shurm was really good in the regular season, but kind of faltered a little bit in the postseason. And he's someone he's signed through 2026. So he's going to need to be a part of the solution. Otherwise they're going to need to ship him out uh, at a $6 million cap hit. So lots going on with the flames, but I think that Huberto contract was definitely a big win for them uh, in making sure they could keep him around long-term and not, you know, losing him for nothing which of of course was the long-term plan when they made that trade. So, all right, big news out of the NHL there with uh, Jacob Truva being named captain and that Jonathan Huberto contract we wanted to touch on. There's also world junior hockey going on right now, but it's kind of just gotten started. So I'm sure we'll cover a little bit more of world juniors over the next few weeks, but that's been pretty fun to watch so far. So we'll give a little bit more of a recap on the world juniors tournament going on in Edmonton right now in our next podcast. So definitely be sure to tune into that one, but for now we'll move on. We'll ship around uh, a couple of different sports before we get into our questions we'll hit baseball next Want to talk about Vin Scully for a little bit, Donnie? Obviously, longtime play-by-play man for your LA Dodgers. Unfortunately, he passed away. You know, he retired a few years ago with the Dodgers, but you know, that was it. He, he eventually passed away, which is obviously very sad to see a legend, to say the least. I mean, he impacted so many different people uh, just with his storytelling and how he was able to describe different events in a game. So, what was kind of your reaction when uh, you know you heard the news about Vin Scully, and now you kind of reflect back on you know kind of the impact he's made either on you or even just the sport of baseball in general?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is a guy who worked. He had 67 seasons calling Dodger baseball. It's like most yeah, 67 years. That's a long time to dedicate yourself to anything, let alone um, being a, a sole play-by-play guy uh, and one of the more, uh, maybe like a top three, top four sportscaster in history uh, of sports. I'd say in baseball, he's got to be number one or very close to number one. Obviously, there's been a lot of icons. I don't know. I think it's just really interesting. The, the fact that I think you know, usually you don't get almost 70 years out of anybody doing a, a one specific job. He did everything. He he was a part of the Dodgers organization until he was 89 years old, which is just bonkers. The fact that I don't think we see, especially broadcasters, guys that travel uh, stuff, we don't see them stick around with teams like that long. Obviously it is, you're, you're doing the same level of travel that a, a baseball player is. And obviously the baseball players, they, they got to hate the travel that they're dealing with. Obviously it's uh, 3 a.m. You know, they're getting into hotels. Um, and then the game, they have next day game, at 1 p.m., someone on those lines. Um, and yeah, I really think it's just it's just interesting. Obviously, Vince Scully, uh, a hell of a broadcaster. It ended up doing more than just baseball, too. Um, worked for CBS for a while. Worked for NBC for a while. Like, this is a guy that did everything. He is the model of um I don't know, just like I'm sure he inspired the next generation of broadcasters everywhere. I think uh, once we start getting, you know, the older generation starts retiring and we see younger guys step in, it's like Vin Scully is going to be the guy that inspired a lot of these, the next level of broadcasters. And even just a sports fan from, from I's perspective, it's like baseball was more fun with Vin Scully calling games. Baseball will always be more fun with Vin Scully at the helm. And it's just, it's just how it's going to be like, it's, it's a tough no but you can't follow him up it's it's impossible
0: yeah very well said definitely a legend well ahead of his time I heard I heard a stat I don't know how accurate this was but like Vince Scully is called like four percent of all like MLB games like in the history of, of baseball it's like how is that a thing how is that possible but yeah he's he's definitely uh you know will be well missed and uh yeah his his legacy will definitely live on forever so definitely wanted to touch on that with uh with the goat Vince Scully right there Last baseball note for me before we move on. We, we covered the trade deadline in our last one with a lot more baseball thoughts. But yesterday we had the Field of Dreams game involving the Cincinnati Reds and the Chicago Cubs. So not necessarily as marquee a matchup as we had last year when it was the Yankees and the White Sox. It was a great game. Tim Anderson ended up having a walk-off in that one. But MLB returned back to Dyersville, Iowa and the Cubs and Reds battled it out yesterday. Cubs ended up getting the win, but not too sure if we'll get another Field of Dreams game again in the near future. But thought it was kind of a cool setting Uh, you know, for them to do the Field of Dreams game. Cool that the Cubs got to partake in it because they were actually initially the team that was going to host the Field of Dreams game back in 2020 before that got canceled, of course, uh, due to the shortened season and and COVID and all that fun stuff. So nice to see that end up coming to fruition. Kind of a cool scene. Uh, You know, any kind of final thoughts on, uh, you know, the Field of Dreams game and and that kind of setup um, that we saw yesterday between the Reds and the Cubs?
1: Yeah, I'm really curious to see what the ratings are because I think it's very hard to, to market, you know, throwing two, I think the Cubs are probably nearly 20 games under 500, if not 20 games under 500. I know the Reds are after the, the awful start of the season they had. You know, it's not it's not the greatest you know matchup to try to throw on TV. It's like Wednesday night rivalry night when we had the NHL games and they'd start talking about how oh we got the Sharks and the and the, the Bruins. You know, uh, a, a, a it's crap honestly, but I do respect having the Cubs in there. The Cubs deserve to have that. That is a. I think you could probably still say the Cubs have a top five fan base in terms of the sport of the baseball and the MLB. The Reds, you know, this is the highlight of the season. This is their World Series. They lost, you know, but that that was the biggest game of their year. That's the most important game of their year. And from here, it's like, sorry, guys. But, you know, obviously, respect. The Field Dreams game is fun, whether or not, like, I, I didn't watch a whole lot, honestly. Like, I don't really care about the Cubs or the Reds at this point. I think that that's pretty much a moot point. But I you know the field of dream it just it's an interesting watching them come out of the corn and everything like it, it, it's it's fun you know it's a little they won't be there's not much personality or at least years prior um you know this year they have guys on microphones and everything but I, I like seeing you know obviously bringing out the legends having kids throw throw the ball on the field a little bit before the game it's like it's supposed to be a fun moment and I think it's they did a good job.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I thought it was a cool setting. You know, going back a couple of years, we've seen, you know, MLB games over in London at this point. Now we've seen, you know, a game in the middle of Iowa, which is kind of funny. Kind of sad I didn't get to go to either of the two uh, Iowa games. You know, I lived in Iowa the better part of the last five years, but wasn't able to get to the game last year because it was like $2,000 face value tickets. And then, uh, you know, I wasn't in Iowa at the time of the game this year. So that's kind of too bad. Uh, it's obviously something that would have been right on my radar to go to a game like that. But yeah, I thought it was a cool scene. Kind of makes me wonder, you know, if the MLB, what other kind of creative ideas they have kind of cooking up for cool settings and, and places to put games but i thought field of dreams was pretty like a pretty unique thing like that's not something you can uh you know kind of just come out of nowhere so thought that it was uh it was cool to end up seeing that come through and that the cubs got the win even though as you said neither of these teams you know going to be anywhere close to the playoffs but thought it was a cool scene overall so wanted to touch on that one in this pod and then we'll move on now final notes out of baseball for that so we'll move on one note from basketball Big unfortunate news uh, involving Bill Russell as well, but the NBA retired his number six across the league. So it'll be grandfathered in. So a guy like LeBron James who's already wearing number six. He'll be able to wear it until he chooses not to or retires. So NBA, you know, opting to go with Bill Russell as uh, you know, a guy who already is named the NBA finals MVP trophy. Um, they opt to retire number six across the league. So I'll be anytime you see something like this, I think it's pretty significant obviously when you look at you know baseball we see it with the 42 and jackie robinson we know about the impact that he made on the game so i think that really kind of goes to show like he was a great basketball player he won a lot but also did a lot for the game uh, of, of basketball overall and is truly a legend so thought that was a uh respectable decision for the nba to uh, to do that retiring number six across the league
1: yeah you know obviously you would like to see them do more when players are alive so they can feel their honor obviously bill russell is a guy that was consistently like he's at every finals, obviously, he gives out the finals MVP award, and you know, he's there. But I, I don't know, the whole honoring players after they die thing is kind of like, it, it, it's kind of weird to me, why couldn't they have done this 10, 15, 20 years ago? Like, what's the difference? Obviously, Bill Russell has not been playing since since the last 15, 20 years, like, you got he's got 11 titles to his name, he played 13 years, he won MVP like five times, I think, like, yeah, just, just respect the man while he's alive. I think it would have been an honor. Like, let's say they did this in 2013. Like I'm sure Bill Russell would have felt uh, a massive amounts of joy and happiness. And regardless, obviously it's good to honor uh, his legacy, how this is a guy that pretty much changed the sport. Like um, he, he's considered like one of the most, I guess you could say successful athletes in, in the history of athletics, like period. Um, but yeah, it just, maybe they could have done this while he was alive rather than honoring him after, you know, I think it just, it seems a little bit lame. Like it's a little bit um, reactive instead of like, you could have done this while he was alive, while he was doing well. I think it's just, that's the only knock that I would have on the, on the whole policy. We see this across sports all the time. So it's not like this is new
0: yeah i agree just kind of the theme of like we only really appreciate them you know after they're gone it's like hey they were, they were just right here for so long we could have you know let bill russell know we're retiring number six. my
1: guy bill russell he was 88 like you could have there he was a retired athlete for like 45 or 50 years you couldn't have picked any of those years before he died like you know the nba will nba you know what you're gonna get out of them there's gonna be mistakes across sports uh, 88 years he lives and you, you waited until after the 88th year like come on guys
0: yeah, it makes me think like Michael Jordan, for example, like, is, like, should we do something for him now? Like, while he's still here. You know, I obviously he's still working for a team. He owns the the, the Charlotte uh, Hornets. But yeah, it, I definitely agree with that point on that one. You know, let's appreciate people who are living, too. OK, not just when they die. I think that's a, a good rule of thumb on that one. But all right. Just wanted to touch on that. Not a ton going on in, uh, in basketball at the moment. I'm not really watching the summer league, going to be honest with you guys. So all right. We got questions, though. Uh, first question comes from my sister, Kira. And she says she wants to ask about trivia here, Donnie. So this is this is a big moment in time. She says, as a non-sports fan, what are some sports facts I should know for the sake of trivia or big names to have ready as a guest? So, yeah, as I said, my sister, big trivia fan. And she wants to get involved when sports trivia get updated. So what do you got, Donnie? You got some sports trivia facts that we can share with you here?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, obviously, I did the research beforehand. Um, Babe Ruth paid $20 for a 700th home run ball. Um, so if anybody ever asks, how much money did, did Babe Ruth pay to get his 700th home run ball uh, from the fan who caught it, $20? Obviously, uh, these days, $20 will not get you that far in terms of buying a baseball back. But back in those days, I'm sure $20 was like the steal. It was like getting how now everybody hits a, a first home run. They get a, a jersey and they get obviously a tour through the locker room, $20, you know, great. Um, other than that, you know, obviously you, you want to rattle back and forth. I have I have like one or two more that I could share.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll go ahead here and jump in. My favorite one is, uh, you know, which team won the first Super Bowl, and it's the Green Bay Packers. They also won the second Super Bowl, so sometimes you'll get like, oh, which team won the first two Super Bowls, Green Bay Packers. That's a home run trivia question for me. Shout out to, to old Madden games when they had, like, trivia in the loading screen, and they would always ask me who won the first Super Bowl, and it was always the Packers. So now I know that fact, so there you go. Green Bay Packers won the first two Super Bowls. That's always a common trivia one, so I'll share that one.
1: Yeah. If you're ever at trivia and they're asking you how many games Wilt Chamberlain foul out in the regular season or playoffs? The answer is zero. Zero. He played many, many years. He averaged 46 minutes per game over his career, and he never fouled out of a game. Not once.
0: Wow. I I did not know that actually so that now I that's impressive right I feel like when you when you frame questions like that like how many games did he foul out like the answer is probably not like oh like 52 like like they're probably not actually but it's also probably not zero
1: like the guy played Will Chamberlain played for a long time we're not talking about a guy that is like I think he ended up playing 15 years in the NBA so we're talking he didn't he didn't foul out one time over 15 years like I would foul out
0: I think when you ask a question like it's more likely that it would be zero because you're like, "That's Whoa, true. That's what a crazy fact." Than like, "Oh, he fouled out 120 times. How do you not know that? Like, no way anyone would know. Like, you know, like Kobe Bryant, for example. Like, how many times did he foul out? Like, I don't know. It's probably a handful. You know, like, but I don't know the exact number. So, I think zero. That's a good one. But yeah, do you do you have any more? Do you have any I more? have
1: one more after this. I can keep going if you want. Yeah, go for it. Okay, the longest, and we'll be at that since they've been tracking this. is 21 pitches. Brandon Bell, yeah. like it's Jaime Barria. 21 pitches. He fouled out uh he fouled off like 14 pitches um and then he ended up flying out so the at-bat was you know obviously not not oh. that great but a 21 pitch that's like that's nuts how that's endurance I think my longest at-bat ever playing baseball and I played baseball for a long time was like 11 pitches and it definitely didn't end up at, well at the end because my arms <laughs> were tired and my body was just like you know obviously I'm, I'm just swinging I'm, I'm fouling things off but yeah 21 pitches is the longest at-bat and it will be history Wow, so so Brandon Belt, what was that like? Nineteen twelve? When when did that bad, bad happen? <laughs> oh, that's, uh, twenty, we're talking twenty eighteen. So yeah, you know, uh, obviously, uh, I don't I don't know why. Maybe. Like, yeah, he's just not, been around for a while. That's all. That's kind of crazy to me. Like twenty one seems like it, it's like, obviously, the twenty one pitches is a lot of pitches. But like, at, baseball's been around for a long time. Like, come on, like somebody yeah. hasn't sat out there and, and fouled off twenty three pitches in an that bat. Like we need to we need to be better. We need to get <laughs> Cody Bellinger out there waving at the ball.
0: Yeah. That's a good one.
1: The, the, I like that. We got, we got Kira hooked up with some, some
0: good trivia questions. Uh, hopefully, hopefully that helps you out in, in your trivia. Adventures. It should.
1: Uh,
0: I think so. I don't see how it wouldn't. So, all right. Good question there from Kira. Appreciate that one. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we did help you out in, uh, in some regard in that. Hopefully one of those questions comes up at some point in time for you. All right. End of the podcast. Now, though, my dad, final question, as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, Donnie and I both getting new jobs. We both start on, on Monday, which is really exciting. So he just says, simple question, what are you most excited about for our new jobs? Donnie, I'll let you go and share first.
1: Um, I don't know. Since I graduated, my life has been a little bit less structured than, than normal. Like I haven't had like, you know, th- definite things to do. Obviously, I did a little bit of work uh, on the side. I think I'm just most excited about like having a, a common goal to work with with people towards, you know, build towards learn. Um, Obviously, this is my first like real professional experience. Like this is this is a real job where I if I fuck up like things are things are going to go poorly. Um, But I, I think that I'll be uh, I think I'm most excited about just having the structure and being able to, you know, learn from people that have been doing this for 15, 20, 25 years. Obviously, uh, I don't have that experience. I've barely been alive for that long. So it's really nice to be able to work with people that have been doing this. Um, both of my bosses have been, you know, they've been they've been in the game for a while. So I think this is the most interesting part is just being able to learn and being able to grow as, as an employee, as a worker, you know, uh, it's hard to find experience. So th- this is uh, thrown into the fire. You know, it should be fun.
0: Yeah. So you're doing marketing with a sports betting company, right? Yes,
1: absolutely. That is that is certainly what I am doing. All right.
0: So that's good stuff. I'm going over that. So yeah, super excited for Donnie. And then, yeah, I start on Monday as well as director of women's hockey operations at Colgate University in upstate New York. So yeah, I'm super excited. I always kind of wanted to do hockey operations, you know, kind of in a little bit more like director type role. So, you know, I had a hockey operations internship earlier this year um, with a junior team in California and that was really good experience. So just kind of excited to, you know, continue going down that path. That's kind of always been, uh, you know, kind of the area of interest for me. So yeah, I'm just kind of most excited to, you know, learn a little bit new things about the, you know, the hockey ops world and. And, um, you know, working in women's hockey as well, that's not something I've done before or even college hockey. So it'll be a little bit new experience for me. But yeah, I think similar aligns to Donnie. Just excited to learn from some of the people around me. Like, you know, the coaching staff I'm going to be working with has been there for, you know, a handful of years already at this point. So I think that's going to be a good opportunity for for both Donnie and I, you know, we're both, you know, young people uh, early on in our careers, but, you know, it'll be a, uh, it'll be good experience for, for the both of us. So yeah, appreciate that one from, uh, from an Any final thoughts on, on the job world, Donnie, real life stuff?
1: If anybody has any idea, like the suburbs of Syracuse, what happens in upstate New York, if you can help <laughs> our help my friend Orion figure out what's going on, because I don't know if anybody really like pays attention to where Hamilton, New York is. I think I, you know, obviously my friend Neil listens to all these. He went to Syracuse, so he might actually have some uh, some input. But yeah, you know, uh, R.K. is literally living in the middle of, of bum, bumfuck nowhere. Pardon my French. He is literally in the middle of nowhere
0: i'm literally living in a village it's not even a town not a city it's called a village and and i'm never gonna let anyone forget that but yeah I'm, I'm still excited like i got a really good program over there but yeah it is it is quite literally just in the plot middle of, of new york not that far from cooperstown or syracuse as you said which is still like an hour drive so i guess it's still kind of far but yeah there, there's a little bit but yeah not much so if anyone's familiar with the the upstate new york you know landscape you know let me know some good things to check out for sure <laughs>
1: yeah we need uh we need somebody to give him a crash course on Hamilton, New York, so if anybody can figure that one out, please don't hesitate to reach out to the to the Rothpot account
0: probably won't take too long. There's really not much to go over, but yeah good one. <laughs> yeah, all right
1: forty two hundred people I'm seeing forty two hundred so yeah
0: it it's literally Colgate is like smaller than my high school, like as crazy as that sounds
1: that's wild actually I no. always see my my thought of Colgate was always like that this is like a big academic school this is like a pop and it's a top the case apparently. Yeah, it is big
0: academics oh, of course, but it's not big in terms yeah. of you know, like students and like people, but that's Fair okay. Enough. Still super excited. Like I said, it'll be good experience working with uh, with good teams and as is Donnie as well. He'll be working remote, so he'll be able to still be in New Jersey, which he's know I know he's super excited about as well. So yeah, Donnie and I will both be on the East Coast next time we record, which will be exciting. Uh, hopefully we'll get together in person a little bit as well as keep doing these podcasts. always appreciate everybody for tuning in into these always a good time. And especially now August, you know, not necessarily a ton of sports news um, as we kind of outlined just some kind of fun news and notes to share uh, while we're here in August, obviously things will start to pick up, you know, once September hits we'll have football coming back and baseball playoff push will be heating up. And then October, obviously one of the best months for sports. So a little bit slow right now in August, but still churning out these podcasts for you guys. So of course we appreciate everybody for tuning in uh, through the, end on the podcast folks you guys seriously are the best really appreciate it and with that donny i'll send it over to you you're gonna check shout out any specific uh you know hip-hop artist in particular you're, now is the time
1: yeah you know you already you already gave a little bit of a of a you know a name drop there sheck west will be on <laughs> next week obviously you know great to have him um you know, we really appreciate everybody who listens. Obviously, I think we'll open up questions again next week so we can get some user questions from from the gang if anybody has anything for us. um, We've really enjoyed it recording. Obviously, this is a shorter episode, but as mentioned, you know, not a whole lot going on. RK and I are very, uh very happy that we have people that are still willing to send us questions and obviously want to listen to us talk about, you know, the, the ups and downs of the sports world. Um, we will be back next week with another episode. RK, you know good luck. I just hope we, we, next week we're feeling good. I think that we're going to have, you know, this is a good step in the right direction, uh, step t- towards our futures. And, you know, I'm really happy for you and I know you're happy for me. So, you know, we'll see, t- I'll talk to everybody next week. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you, RK.
0: Yeah, you as well, Donnie. And uh yeah, as you said, exciting times coming up for both of us. But we'll still keep out turning these podcasts every single week. We're still super excited to, to keep putting these out, even though both of us will have a little bit uh, you know, busier schedules with our jobs coming up. But still really committed to, to doing this. We really do enjoy it. It's definitely a highlight of the week for for both of us. And interacting with uh with you guys is is definitely the best part of doing it. So always appreciate the end of the podcast, folks, especially here in the middle
1: of August. Yep hope everybody has a great rest of your day hope you enjoyed listening and we'll talk to you again next week peace to everybody peace i better this be